welcome to the 1% Podcast. My name is Avi Wiswer, social media influencer and motivational speaker. Every week you hear an inspiring message. We hear from a person that is on their journey to success. With each episode, I hope that you can take something valuable with you, become 1% better in your life. Thank you for stopping by and let the growth begin. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 1% Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing support. And thank you guys for showing love on every single episode. I have another guest with me today, Akib. Akib, if you want to introduce yourself, what you do, mm-hmm. I'm giving you the floor. Yeah, so um, I'm Akib. I am a computer science major at University of Buffalo. And I'm also a bodybuilder. Uh, I'm working towards becoming a professional bodybuilder uh, in the f- near future. And on top of that, I also um, have a coaching comp- coaching business, um, which I'm looking to scale up in the future. Interesting. What, it, what has been the, while being a student, being a bodybuilder mm-hmm. and conducting an online course, mm-hmm. what has that process been like for you juggling all of those three things? Um, I would say more than anything, aside from the process itself, I would say it's a huge learning curve. Just because you're able to take in so many aspects of um, not just living a, a better lifestyle in terms of health, um, not just, you know, learning more in terms of uh, my actual classes from college, but also just understanding uh, various aspects of business, um, delving deeper into the pipeline of uh, bodybuilding, things like that. It's just having all three, all three of these things allows me to gain some sort of experience and also like relate to like a much younger audience or even like an audience that's similar to me and like um, allow that sort of audience to resonate with me. And they usually, I have a, I have a lot of clients and um, people that come to me and they have this, they're in the same situation as me, which really helps out. Um, or sorry, my situation really helps with that just because I understand where they're coming from and I'm able to help them out because of that. Um, as for managing it, I would say just, don't live in a dorm. That's all I got to say. <laughs> just managing it. Don't live in a dorm. If you do live in a dorm, I would say um, attempt to move out to an in-campus housing or in-campus apartment just because you have your own, you have your own kitchen, you have your own um, sort of privacy. And uh, if you do have some sort of friends that are willing to room, uh, become roommates with you, that would be really helpful. People that have similar goals as you, like my roommates, uh, for example, all of them, all three of them, um, go to the gym with me. Um, have similar aspirations as me. My one of my roommate is in the same major as me and helps me out with uh, content creation and just um, helping me write the ebook, uh, helping me with various aspects of um, just life in general. The other two, they're in different uh, majors, but like they still resonate with me and um, are able to help help me out, and I'm able to help them out just because we're in similar boats. Okay. Yeah. In terms of the ebook, what is Give us a brief description on what it is about and basically how it could be able to help people. Yeah. Uh, so the idea with the ebook is I wanted to give some sort of simple training guide that would allow people to understand basic biomechanics, things that are much deeper, but at the same time, general. So it's like touching into really deep topics, but in like a general sense, just because I don't have the I technically don't have the credentials to 
to be able to provide such uh, depth, uh, in-depth knowledge, especially with uh, the amount of resources I have. Um, it would be like 200, 300 pages long, right? If I were to actually put out something that's super, con super concise, I mean, not super concise, super detailed. So the ebook just provides a guide, but also like some sort of storytelling. Um, so it's more so an, a book rather than an actual guide. And I kind of came up with that idea from Alex Armozzi and uh, my friend brought it up to me. But uh, allowing myself to be free about like what I write in that book also allows me to like produce a lot more uh, content in the book, within the book itself. Like I'm able to provide more value just because certain situations lead to certain um, certain things. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like me providing my experience allows me to access certain points. So it's like, you know, you know, when you have those situations, you're not able to think, think, think things off the top of your head. You're pretty much um going based off what's in front of you. And uh, just bringing up those certain experiences allowed me to um, bring up more knowledge <clears throat> And further than that, I want to talk about like the reason I put it out for free. Um, so the idea is you don't want to be selling something if you don't have such a large audience so where you can make like, you know, thousands or not thousands. I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? It's unrealistic to like give out or like sell something if you're not going to make a lot of money out of it. Just because even if it's like a couple of dollars or like a couple thousand dollars, you can make that doing something else pretty quickly versus if you give it out for free, everybody has all this free info um, at their will. And it allows you to bring in more customers, more clients, just because they understand the things that you're uh, talking about. They understand your philosophies and that sort of helps you reach out to people. And at that point, you don't even need to reach out to people. People reach out to you purely just by reading that free content. They feel like, you're a good person, which, you know, obviously uh, th that is the end goal. But like giving that sort of free information also allows you to um, <clears throat> sort of give people some sort of, uh, I guess, yeah, giving that sort of free content allows you uh, to, I, I guess, reach out to people um, that might not be able to access that sort of information especially because there's so much misinformation out there and there's so much information out there that's that you have to sift through. So like, why not put something that's a really condensed or like uh, really detailed into a condensed book, make it concise so everybody can understand. And, you know, me being able to give all that information means that I can help them apply it through my coaching, through my business, right? It's like I teach them the knowledge and then, I teach them how to implement it through my coaching. Do you think that doing stuff for free is is a way better way to go about it? Do you think that doing stuff for free in terms of like the, the free ebook, do you think that providing that value for free instead mm -hmm. of obviously you have credentials mm -hmm. in your personal self with, yeah. the, with your experience, obviously with how yeah. much you lift, yeah. do you think that giving it out for free right now could benefit you in the future? Yes, 100%. It's that's the whole point of um reaching to a larger audience and uh 
growing your business. You don't want to be sacrificing some something for like such little, right? You don't want to be sacrificing something you could potentially reach out to thousands of people versus like only selling to less than a hundred people yeah. for let's just say a couple thousand dollars. You don't want to be doing that. You want your business to last long. You want to provide as much value as possible. You want to prove to people that you know something. So especially in terms of coaching, it doesn't even have to be coaching in general. Like let's just say building, building wealth, building an actual business. Uh, I, I don't know any specific examples off the top of my head right now, but um, for myself, me providing that free value means people know exactly how I think. And if they like it, they'll come to me. Yeah. So I can make a lot more doing that versus selling it for $20, $30, right? So many people like to sell eBooks, but like what after that? Yeah. These, there's maybe few people that buy it. <clears throat> and then a lot of people might not like it. Some people might. But then what after that? Like, if they bought it realistically, they probably bought it just to get the information off you. And then, <laughs> like, they're, they're going to stop at that. They're not going to actually come back to you just because if they really wanted that information, they would come directly to you at first. Is that how you would view value in general? Like, do you um, think that what is what, what is your viewpoint on value and giving value? Um, I would say for value, my definition would be something that provides society with something that it doesn't have, or at least provide something, provide something to society in the most efficient manner possible. Yeah. So let's just say, um, an invention that somebody created, right? You have all, a lot of these, a lot of these things that you see, like, let's just say toys, right? A lot of them you see on, um, I don't know, Toys R Us or whatever, right? They don't serve any purpose other than to help children, you know, just, just get distracted versus if you have something really, um, really unique, something that can actually help people, you're going to actually make a lot of money. And it's, it's simple. Like, I know this sounds very obvious, but like, that's how it is. It's like, if you're gonna grow as a person, grow as a business, you have to find something that society actually needs, society mm -hmm. actually wants, society actually can progress with. And I know progress, uh, progressive, not, not progressive, sorry. I know progression or like uh, the word progress itself is um, is an iffy word just because it, it differs person to person. But like in a literal sense, it's like uh, technological advancements. Yeah. Um, you want some, you want to give some, uh, something to society that society can progress from technologically or um, I guess as a society. Okay. In terms of because I also know that you are a. Uh influencer you, you know you also do tiktok and stuff like that what has been your viewpoint on the social media influencers in terms of like the workout influencers the gym influencers what is your what is your viewpoint on them um so initially my viewpoint was purely just to spread hate <laughs> that that was kind of the person i was or at least i still am to an extent just because i feel that a lot of them don't actually provide something that um people need it's more so just recycled content yeah but realistically if that recycled content works if that recycled content gets views if that recycled content allows you to gain so many followers to the point where you actually get are able to grow your business make an income it doesn't become 
something that's useless or something that uh, people don't need. It's more so the fact that you view it in a sense because you've taken in too much content. You've been on TikTok for too long, let's just say. Right. It's, uh, you got to dig deeper. You got to understand that these people aren't just there to create content and that that is not the bare uh bare bone of things right whatever you want to call it like they are much smarter than you think and i'm not gonna say like oh like their iq is a lot higher right that's not what i mean obviously right um i'm more so saying that they play this in such a business oriented aspect that um the content they put out is like such a minor part of it they're using that platform to outsource uh to bring in more people into their actual business. Like you have influencers that are making 20, 30 K a month, like on average, right? Not, not even on average, but like a decent amount of influencers are making like close to millions. Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't hate on them just because they've able, uh, they are able to master something that they enjoy. So if it works, it works. I, I, I can't, I can't put my opinion on that, especially because I'm aspiring to do something similar, right? Right. Whether that's purely just making money or like helping people, I'm still aspiring to do something similar. And they found out a way to feed into the algorithm and help themselves get views. And at the end of the day, that's content. Right. Don't be pissed at something that's purely content. That's not their actual character. Absolutely. In terms of, we, we had a little brief discussion before this and we, you know, we wanted to touch on the, the topic of, uh, productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, there were there was things that you were, were were talking about that you shouldn't try to be productive all the time. Yeah. And obviously, as a content creator or somebody that's created their own ebook and probably wants to do other things in in the mm-hmm. fitness realm, what is your viewpoint on, uh, I guess, toxic productivity or trying to be overly productive? Mm-hmm. What is your viewpoint on on certain things along those lines? Okay, so um, I guess the first thing is. Ask yourself, why do you want to be productive all the time? What are you missing out on? Mm. Simply ask yourself that. Is it worth working 16 hours a day? Is it worth doing every bit of thing on your to-do list? Even if you do make a to-do list, whether you do or not, is it worth just straight up working every single day in, day out? Because all you're looking at is the physical aspect of things. You're not taking into account mental aspects you're not taking into account like how far these productive things actually get you like realistically i could be studying eight hours a day i would consider that productive right some people would consider that productive right even if they take in all that information but realistically you're missing out uh, realistically like what happens after you studied all that just to do well in classes but like what after that what life experiences have you gained Versus if you like enjoyed life a bit more, whether you played games, right? It's like you don't want to be constantly productive just because you think it'll serve you some sort of purpose. You got to dig deeper, keep yourself going in that momentum. You don't want to just burn out just by constantly working. Work isn't the end all be all. Would you say that it's intention behind there's got to be intention behind uh, working so much, like in terms of like, okay, if I'm going to work eight to 10 hours, there's got to mm-hmm. be an intention behind it. Like, I'm just not going to work eight to 10 hours to maybe escape my life or be 
toxic, toxically productive to the point where it's like I'm running away from my problems or the things that I have to mm-hmm. face or go head on. Mm-hmm. And in terms of that, do you think that some people may be escaping their problems in, in terms of like entrepreneur CEOs? 100%. Like 100%. Um, I guess this kind of shifts onto a topic about happiness. People place so much emphasis on happiness, the idea that you need to reach happiness in order to actually fulfill your life role or like your life legacy, right? Whatever you you want to call it. But at the end of the day, you're in this bubble. Happiness is right here. You're constantly chasing it. That bubble grows bigger. But like as it grows bigger, the happiness moves farther away just because you physically will have more desire as you grow as a person. So constantly reaching for that happiness makes zero sense just because you're always going to be chasing it. And even if you enjoy something um, and you're like, I'm happy, I'm content, right? Realistically, most people aren't like that. Like 99% of people aren't like that. They're chasing happiness and they say they're happy, but realistically, they still have that end goal that they're chasing after, which they consider would make uh, consider themselves to be making them happy. Versus if you work 24 hours a day, right? Some people can consider that over uh, overworking. And not obviously not 24 hours a day, but like, let's just say you're constantly working every single day, day in, day out. You po- Let's just say you post a video on social media. The only comments you'd get are, this is a miserable life. Why would you do this? But like, you're not asking yourself, am I that person? No. Some people enjoy working that much. Some people enjoy just doing what they do. It doesn't have to be something that's set to societal norms. Happiness can come from literally just doing whatever that keeps you going in life. So for me, for example, I like bodybuilding. I like just overworking myself at times. And even though that might be counterproductive at the same when my intent is to be productive, it keeps me happy, right? Right. It keeps me off things. So me being able to constantly work means I get to keep my mind off stress because even though some people might feel a lot less stress just by not doing work at all, I feel less stress by doing work because Mm. when you're missing out on certain things, not not missing out on certain things, when you're missing out on work, you're going to worry about this, you're going to worry about that. So, like, I'm kind of in that same boat. So, like, constantly working, even if it means I'm not actually doing anything, helps me. Just keeps my uh, mental clear. I, me and Matt have uh, talked about this question a lot. And it's something to me uh, he brings up all the time. You know, he talks about money. Can money buy happiness? And we're we're, we're on very different sides. Obviously, I think money can buy contentment. I think you could be... Uh, for example, if, if I had a bigger podcast setup or I had a studio, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to worry about simple things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I could just be, I wouldn't have to rent out a studio. I wouldn't have to do all that. In your eyes, do you believe that money buys happiness? I've asked a couple of people this, but I want to know your aspect and your point of view. I, well, I'm kind of in the same, uh, I kind of have the same perspective as you. It buys content. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense to say that money 
buys you happiness just because, you know, let, let's just say you want a bigger studio. You want more, right? That's in your current state. So what happens once you get there? People always talk about how the journey is a lot more fulfilling than the actual end goal, yeah. which I guess definitely makes sense. Actually, not definitely makes sense, but like I, I definitely agree with um, just because you're not living, you're living in the moment. So looking forward to that allows you to reach farther. But like once you're there, you realize, oh, the journey itself was a lot more fulfilling. So like, let's just say you work towards getting that money. You have that money. You finally get that studio. Now you have an even bigger goal. Like I said in the past, or like, like I said previously, as you grow as a person, as you grow your net worth, as you grow, right? The happiness bubble is out here. You're way out here. So as you grow, that happiness bubble grows farther away. I know what you're talking yeah. about, but I understand that in terms of yeah. when you're the, the, the happiness bubble, because I don't think happiness is something that you can chase, right? Because yeah. it's like, I think anything that you chase in life yeah. is going to continuously run away, regardless of exactly. whether you want it to or not. Yeah. So I think there's just an important factor to really be present and accepting of what you currently have yeah. um, because it, it obviously could be worse, mm -hmm. you know? And when you can find happiness and, and contentment with, within what you have now, mm -hmm. that happiness bubble starts to come closer to you rather than move away that you talked exactly, about. Yeah. And and obviously it's a lot easier said than done, you know, what you currently have mm -hmm. and accepting that and being grateful of that can be hard at times because we see so many other things that are that are out there and we sometimes neglect what we do have and we could wish upon a star of all the other things but in terms of just being content and being accepting what you currently have kind of dissipates the the idea or the ideology of oh i need to go out and get more or do more or whatever because you're already content with where you're at exactly so um i guess it would be more so about like people placing nobility on the journey itself and nobility on the hard work itself. Um, I'll get more into that, but uh, I guess remove the idea of happiness completely away from your, uh, completely away from your mind. Um, and just understand that happiness is not something that's physically visible. It's not something that you can just achieve just because it's a mental state, right? So you purely feeling like you're chasing a goal, just, Put yourself in that present moment. Remove that idea of happiness and understand that what you're doing, as long as you feel that it'll, it'll get you closer to your goal, is the ultimate form of content. And I guess content would be a better way to describe things than happiness. Mm -hmm. If people, for example, um, bought your bought your ebook, would you think that they would find happiness within their journey of fitness? Um. Well, it's free, first of all, obviously, right? Yeah. But um, if people, I, I've definitely received a lot of um, messages, DMs, things, things of that nature about how how much they enjoyed um reading my book. Uh, obviously, there's not that much storytelling to it, but it's more so about like them being able to understand so much more information that was sort of kept hidden to them in plain sight, just because there's so much uh, information being relayed to to them without it actually being sorted, sifted, and uh, properly allowing 
themselves to digest it. So having that sort of singular place to work work with means they, they pretty much have this singular place that they can go off of. And that I, I guess that will, you could say that they're a bit more content now just because they know that they're following the philosophies of this one place rather than following the philosophies of multiple places that are constantly com- combating each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have one place that they get uh, uh, information about biomechanics from like one creator and then another creator talks about biomechanics, another creator talks about biomechanics. They all contradict each other. So pretty much you have all this information, but you don't know what to do with it just because there's so much contradiction. What do you go with? So if I have a platform where I not only talk about biomechanics, but also like different things, they're able to access some sort of um, hub where uh, they get every bit of information without it being contradictory. And uh, it all goes well in line. They know exactly what path to follow because realistically, you you being stuck in the process of like deciding is by far the biggest waste of time purely because you're not actually putting in the work to reach closer to your goal. You're just deciding, you're mm-hmm. just deciding. So if you have a platform where you've already made the decision and um, have everything in front of you, you can just follow a straight path. Even if you don't see progression with it, you know that exact path was wrong. So you can take another path. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. What what have your struggles been with bodybuilding? Um, I would say, aside from the mental aspects of uh, getting in food and, um, you know, just honestly, people place so much um, stress and emphasis on like eating, training, sleeping, right? But realistically, that's easy compared to everything else in the real world. That is easy. I'm not saying like, you know, everybody can do it, but that is pretty easy. There's people that are not able able to eat. You should not be complaining about that stuff. However, um, I guess this sort of uh, delves into the topic of body dysmorphia and like um, just understanding where your growth might be. So I guess a big challenge would be keeping yourself in that game just because you don't know where you'll go. Whether it's your choice of taking PEDs, whether it's your choice of just sticking to bodybuilding and not switching to something else related to fitness. Um, so like, you know, Olympic lifting, right? Just sticking to that and understanding that growth won't happen day to day, but rather it'll be small, non-linear progression over time. Just keeping yourself, keeping your head in the game is by far the most uh, challenging thing. Because you don't know where it'll take you. You have different genetics compared to other people. You're comparing yourself to other people. And, you know, for some people, it's not that healthy. So it's just challenging to understand that you're not where you expect to be. But rather, you can only control what you can control. And whatever you control properly, it'll take you there. Interesting. I mean, I've... I know some some bodybuilders, um, and yeah. they said that there's a lot of things that go involved. Obviously, eating. Uh, some people just can't eat a lot, yeah. or they, at least for myself, I can't overeat. That's mm-hmm. just something. Like if I want to mm-hmm. say I want to bulk, but a lot of people have tried to tell me to you know maybe go on a bulk and see what would happen. But I just can't eat that much. I just mm-hmm. 
I think that to me is the hardest part. Obviously, you know, I'm grateful to be able to have food on my plate, but Mm -hmm. in terms of like actually forcing yourself to eat, I think has been a struggle for me. And Mm -hmm. I've heard a couple of other struggles in terms of um, just mental health. Like it it takes a toll on your mental Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, you got to constantly make sure that you're hitting the right numbers, Mm -hmm. constantly making sure that you're doing the right things, eating Mm -hmm. the right food. Um, And I've I've heard that sometimes it could be like a, I want to say a little bit of a depressing lifestyle, Mm -hmm. but in terms of like, Doing certain things the the very rigid way hmm. and very strict way, they I've heard that it's not fun yeah. in, in certain aspects of it. Um, would you be able to agree with with some of those statements? Have have any of those things? Um, so I guess being somebody that's uh, trying to reach that professional level, um, it's a lot more different for me than the average person that's trying to be healthy because realistically 99% of people that are in fitness aren't looking to compete. They're looking to be better. They're looking to get more women, right? (laughs) That's their mindset. So why put yourself in such a stressful situation knowing that that's not your end goal? Your end goal or like your journey should be based around your end goal. So take things slow. You don't have to push yourself so hard you push yourself so hard to reach your goals the fa- as fast as possible. And I think that's a, that's a very important thing to understand and distinguish. Your journey is based around your timeline and how long you have, how long you want to get there and what your goals are. So if I want to be a open bodybuilder, I will do all it takes. I will push down food. I'll take whatever a PEDs my coach uh prescribe uh, not prescribes me but whatever protocol he gives me uh, i'll train exactly what my coach uh i'll do exactly what my coach tells me to do right versus if i'm just a fit guy or i mean an obese uh, obese guy or like an unhealthy person just trying to get fit right nothing wrong with that but like i want to take it to the point where i'm over dieting i'm not trying to get stage ready i'm not going to push myself to where I'm eating like a thousand calories, right? Physiologically in certain as in certain, in some uh, context, it does make sense to do some of these things. It's just, is it really worth sacrificing your mental will, your um, willpower, your um, mental health in general, just to get somewhere that you could have got, gotten there a bit, you know, with, with a bit more extra time. Yeah. It's kind of going back to like, the idea of productivity yeah like you're working 16 hours a day if you want to build like a massive brand and like just push out as much um you know as much content as possible like try to grow your business right versus if you're like doing something as a hobby and like um i guess just trying to enjoy life treat something as um not something so serious but rather something that you pretty much want to make some sort of income from like a side hustle, I guess, yeah. right? You're not going to push yourself to do 16 hours of work. You're going to push yourself to do like maybe six to eight hours of work because you're still going to reach that goal, but like it'll take a bit more time. Yeah. You're doing 16 hours of work a day or like 12 hours or whatever, right? To feed your family. That would be in the case that you're trying to feed your family. That That would be in the case that you're desperate. That would be in the case that you have some sort of business that, um, requires a lot of work and you know you have some sort of potential and you know you're going to be able to scale that business up to such a high level 
You're not going to do that if it's a side hustle. Yeah. You're not going to give up your mental health. It's the same with bodybuilding. Unless you're a bodybuilder, unless you're looking to compete um, in any sort of bodybuilding division, unless you're trying to, not even as a bodybuilder, but like at a high level, not just a regular amateur, but like at a high level, um, you wouldn't be looking to just sacrifice your entire life just to have like a better physique, right? That better physique, that improved physique helps you improve other aspects of life. So don't center yourself around something that you're not supposed to be taking so serious. You're, t you're supposed to center yourself around that thing if it's the center of your life. Okay. Interesting. I think that's a good, I think that's a good viewpoint and a good way to look at it. You talked about uh, previously about the business aspect and yeah. I know that you've collaborated with a uh, pre-workout company. Equivision. Yeah. Uh, I want you to basically kind of run us through that experience. And I guess this would be the last question yeah. I have for you. Um, take us through that experience. Uh, what has it been like promoting the brand, uh, working with the brand, taking the supplement, mm -hmm. um, all of the above? Um, so, of course, I'm, I'm not sponsored. Um, honestly, I don't look to be sponsored just because it's not something that I'm like too, uh, too, ecstatic about, uh, too ecstatic about. It's more so something that's, I wouldn't say easy money, but it's like, it's helpful to have, right? Affiliates, uh, discount codes, things like that. But like with uh, EchoVision, um, I initially uh, started interacting with the CEO before he actually created the company. I enjoyed his content. I enjoyed his, um, his vision. The whole idea of promoting something is that you want to be able to promote it in a manner that you actually support it and you actually believe in the product. You can't produce genuine some sort of genuine nature or like genuine um genuine act for something that you don't actually believe in i believed in the product i supported him before he actually even created the product i i still support him and like you know i'll, I'll have my uh, i'll have my criticism i'm i'm in like what the top 10 affiliates right that that's nothing right the the, the gap between like the uh, bottom five and like the top five is very big so I'm not going to say like, you know, I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest athlete or like I'm the big, I'm the biggest affiliate, but like, I, I will still support that brand just because not only is the CEO a very kind and genuine person, but also he makes products that are for the customers, for people. And it's not something that he's purely making money off of. He actually provides that. That's why he's been able to grow as a brand, just uh, especially with in, in a industry that's very saturated. And um, everybody has something similar, right? It's it's hard to get by unless you have something that's a, a creative, and which he did. Um, he does his own research. Um, he goes through multi-step processes, right? To actually make sure that the product is good, which is by far one of the biggest things. You have to make sure that the product's good if you want to grow as a company. And if you want support, you have to make sure that the product actually provides value. I wouldn't... I wouldn't be supporting a company that doesn't provide value. I'd be supporting a company that I truly believe in, meaning I can actually push out their product and I can truly say, like, you're not going to create an Instagram story or like a post and be like, oh my God, I love this product because, uh, yeah, exactly. You're going to get stuck. You're, yeah. you're not going to know what to say versus if you try it for yourself, 
you really like the product, you're going to know exactly what to say. You're going to know exactly how to speak to people about it. You're going to know exactly how to promote it. You can't fake being genuine. Yeah. It's it's a very difficult. And even if you do, it's not something you can sustain long term. It's like, I, I, I guess at the end of the day, your a product has to provide value. And if you want people supporting it, including myself, you have to make sure that it's something that people like, not just some bullshit that um, you just want to make money off of. You got to be able to believe in the product. Exactly. Um, you just wouldn't want to, at least for myself, yeah. if I'm promoting a product, I wouldn't want to push something out that I didn't yeah. really believe in or I didn't trust or whatever, because then it, you lose credibility. Not only yeah. does that company lose credibility, but you lose credibility yeah. as well. <laughs> and I think if you believe in the vision, you believe what they're working behind, you believe in yeah. everything and how good the product is. Yeah. At the end of the day, the product's going to do well. You know, your credibility mm-hmm. goes up. Yeah. And once that company goes up, so do you as well. Yeah. Um, Keep. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, where can the people find you on social media? Um, my Instagram is Akib M nine. My TikTok is Akib underscore M A, and um, all my uh, coaching services and things like that are done under the domain of teamakib.com. And yeah, appreciate you coming out. Everybody, tune in to his ebook. Get the free ebook. Treat yourself well. Learn a, learn a couple things along the way in terms of fitness. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for the support. Thank you guys for showing love on every single episode. This is the 1% Podcast. I'm out.